Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I come to work with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody. We better be in Florida. It better be sunny. And there better be some sort of fruity drink involved. With Matt Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. You can get on a podcast. You can get online. You can argue with the clouds. You can argue with the, with the Russian bots. Don't care. It's Wednesday, November 9th, and that means it's time for another jam-packed, awesome episode of Eckler's Edge. Joining me, obviously, as always, is Los Angeles Chargers running back Austin Eckler. Austin, buddy, how's it going, man? Matt, what's up, man? Um, it's going well. It's going well, you know. Um, the body is feeling pretty solid all the way, you know, through eight games. So that is why I would say it's going well right now. Um <laughs> You know, football is is football. It's what you expect. It's all over the place. It's up and downs. It's injuries. It's this and that. Media, drama, and the scoreboard, and what people think about you. But, you know, that's one of the reasons why it's so great. And so we could have this show because of it and talk about some of that. So glad to be back, man. No doubt, man. I'm sure there's a lot going on uh, inside your guys' building, inside your own mind, man. I mean, it is that point of the season, the midway point. Um, we'll unpack a lot of that stuff as we go through the show today. But first, before we jump into that, of course, want to give you a chance to plug all of the giveaways that you've got going on uh, right now heading into week 10. Yeah, um, you know, we have the still ongoing jersey giveaways. If you have me on your fantasy football team, um, which I feel like a lot of you at this point know um, that we do a jersey giveaway. I give away two signed jerseys every single giveaway. Um, Also, I'm going to plug the foundation today since I'm wearing the Be The Best You shirt. Um, we have merch and all of the profits go to the Austin Eckler Foundations where we put uh, resources back into the community for other people to hopefully become the better version of themselves one day, at least have that opportunity. To, um, so those are the those are the plugs for today. I appreciate that, Matt. Uh, Matt, you got anything you got to plug? What's going on? What's going on in the life of Matt? Anything that's worth plugging? Yeah, no, nah, I know? mean, I'm I'm busy. Things are going uh, going pretty well. We have uh, I'm knee deep in charting routes for rookies right now. We got a midseason rookie wow. report coming out. Wait, um, I think we should go into that a little bit more in one of these episodes. We should. I, I would love to hear like what that process is like. Like, do you go back and work, where do you get this film from? Are you watching the TV copies? Like, oh all, no, you know? yeah, it's, it's all twenty two, baby. You gotta, you can't be seen. Oh, receivers running off the damn screen on the TV copy. You could never <laughs> do that. That's what's all actually right, so. Yeah, it's real frustrating for college um, players because that film is like. 
especially these days, you got to do some dark stuff on the internet to to find that, like you know, and then TV copyrights are available. But there, yeah, we'll get we'll get into that one day. I got to maybe send we you. should get into it then, huh? I don't, I don't know if there's some well, illegal activity going on or what's going on over here. You know, no Ill- no illegal activity, but we'll certainly oh, okay, not be okay. not be outing any sources. Let's just put it let's just put it that way. Um, but yeah, we'll Ooh. get it. We should get into that maybe like one of the uh, one of the back half of the season episodes. But yeah, so. Pretty busy doing that real fun class of rookie wide receivers. Uh, we'll be talking about some young running backs on the show today. But Austin, let's get into it. Your game last week, Chargers 20, Falcons 17. In the pre-show meeting, man, you know, and and Austin's back here shaking his head right now. And I think this is funny because, you know, some like you you tweet out uh, every, like, you know, good game, whatever, from, from your Twitter account, like pictures from the game, that stuff. And of course, like, Everybody in the comments is, oh, you killed it for my fantasy team. You killed it for my fantasy team. Like, you had this great fantasy day, but you're being a little hard on yourself coming out of that game for um, a lot of different reasons. Let's get into it. Yeah, man. Wow. Um, so, as far as I don't want to get all the way to the end yet, just sure. the game in general, I feel like there was many opportunities that I had. Not many. When I say many, like two or three is a lot in the NFL. Like, usually, usually getting one is a, you know, is a blessing. Um, I feel like I had a, a a couple extra opportunities to make some pretty big plays that were dropped due to me dropping a ball, fumbling the ball, not getting out as soon as I could have. Um, just little things like that that make a huge difference, you know, in, in Justin's ability to get me the ball or the, you know, O-line being able to block and be in the right space and the timing matching up. And so looking back at the game, I could have had a much bigger day. And then getting to the end of the game, which is why I'm like still really feeling like some type of way about this game is I basically almost gave the game away. But out of a miracle that happened, probably the luckiest and unluckiest play at the same exact time for me, uh, where I fumbled the ball with like, I don't know, 22 seconds left or whatever it was, something like something below a minute. I fumbled the ball. They pick it up. They're running. The guy that's running drops the ball, <laughs> not not gets it stripped, drops the ball. I'm talking, he's running. And like, imagine me running in practice and all of a sudden I drop the ball. Like that drops the ball. Luckily, my teammates were there and actually were around to pick it up. And uh, we were able to save the game uh, because of some efforts by uh, my teammates. So, for me, my emotions are, yeah, definitely like all over the place because I'm like, I'm glad we won, but we should have probably won by more. But it could could have gone vice versa, too, because they also had plays that they could have yeah. made on us that they didn't end up executing. But that's football, man. <laughs> it's all over the place. It's wild. It's wild. But yeah, that is probably one of the craziest plays that I've been a part of as far as me being unlucky, bang, fumble, and then all of a sudden they just gifted it back to us. So. That's why I feel the way I do and why I was shaking my head because I, I got to play better for sure. And then, I mean, that would have led to even more fantasy points. I should have had a bigger – I think I had 20 points at halftime, and I think I had probably – actually, I knew this because I was going to, into the locker room, and someone was like, man, he's already got 20 fantasy points at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I ended with like 20-something, so I was like, ah, yeah, the second half was pretty, uh, pretty dead. But that's mm. all I got from that game. Man, um, are you aware of like uh... – 
I mean, you're probably not, which thank goodness. But like you wear, there's like a there's like a phrase. They they literally turn like the Falcons and the charge charges into verb like charging and falconing. Like and like when you're giving the like making it really crazy at the end of the game, and it's like, man, I don't know who's gonna charger harder or falcon harder. Oh, like these no. two teams, uh, that was like the joke on the internet at the time. So it was pretty, it was pretty <laughs> wild to to see that. Um, you know, one of the other hosts on the podcast, Scott Pienowski, asked me on uh, Sunday night, like, is there any teams? You know, because I've had a complicated relationship in my lifetime with the Carolina Panthers. I would not consider myself a Panthers fan anymore. Um, are there any teams that, like, actually I care about and root for? Like, not really, but um, mm-hmm. I do root for guys. Like, I root for receivers yeah. that I like. I root for you because, like, we do the show together. So I'll tell you what, man, at the end of the end of that game, I was like, geez, please, somebody just l- let's not <laughs> right. let it go out like that. I'm not let's not right. have it go out like that. So right. I was very happy that for whatever reason. <laughs> Our buddy there on the Falcons drops the ball and we're able to come back from it. I, I for one, appreciate the support. But yeah, I am too. Look, I can't pull him the ball and put us in that situation. But wow, what a gift. What a gift that was. Yeah. Do you ever think like, and it's funny because I guess you sort of answered the question there and that you said like in the first half, you felt like you were really rolling. The second half, you weren't really rolling. That was kind of reflected in the final fantasy numbers. Um, do you ever like... What are the, what do you think the biggest disconnects are between like fantasy production and actual real life um, real life play? Because I I personally kind of think there's a lot, but I'm I'm curious what you think. You're saying the disconnects between like when maybe you need to elaborate on that. A little yeah, more. like how you say you know you didn't have that great of a game, but obviously everybody that has you in fantasy is like thanks for well, it's kind of what I was saying like thanks for yeah. crushing it like that type of stuff. And right, um, what do you think the biggest disconnects are between like the way fantasy scoring works? And I'm sure you're not like you know knee deep in this stuff or whatever but just one of like the disconnects i guess between like production and actual play on the field because that's really what it is yeah um wow what's the biggest difference i mean fantasy is based off of i mean especially if you score touchdowns like if you have a couple touchdowns people are going to be thanking you regardless even if you fumble the ball had 20 yards rushing the entire game and had 10 carries on those 20 yards they're going to say thank you right so it doesn't there's not a direct i guess like lining up of what successes look like on the football field as it is to what the fantasy points um, can look like. So there's where I guess would be one disconnect. Um, another disconnect is obviously the winning of the game or not. Like fantasy point you know, managers don't care if your team won or lost. Right. They just care if you scored them points. So that would be a disconnect. And then I think even more of a disconnect is things, something we talk about all the time is that, hey, like, we are trying to play the best that we can play. And if we don't have a great day, it's not because, ah, we we wanted to go out there and suck. Like no (laughs) one's trying to go out there and be bad. We're all trying to, trust me, we're all trying to increase our play, increase our role, because that increases our pay, increases our longevity, you know, our legacy, all of that. So there's a lot that rides on it. So that would be another disconnect is people thinking that, oh, you had a bad game. I should go in there and tell you that you, you should not have a bad game. It's like, we know. We know. So those would be three. Yeah, you said there's many. There's probably a lot more. Um, but yeah, those are three, I guess I would say. Yeah, I guess one thing I always come back to is like receivers. You know, they can like be out there running great routes and getting open, but they're not the first read in the progression. The first read's always open or they're like, like they're dictating coverages, like they're opening up for other guys. But that's never, ever going to even come close to being reflected in fantasy. But it is a reality right. of like it makes the plays work, which then leads yes. to wins, which, of course, that's what it's really all about. That's a great one, actually, because you got like we have routes in our in our plays. It's like, all right, you're probably not getting the ball. Like we have we have routes in 
on the routes in the play, it has like the progression that the quarterback's going through. It's like one, two, three, four. And then like whoever's not getting the ball is basically like alert. They just put an alert on him. Mm-hmm. Just like if something crazy happens, you might get the ball. But really, we just need you to clear it out or go like run a deep over so we can, you know, displace the defense in the way that we're trying to. Um, so that was, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, well, yeah, it's something I definitely have thought about a lot. But um, bringing yeah. it back to <laughs> this game um, and the the other side of it, Wanted to pick your brain about Cordero Patterson. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. By the way, one of the few uh, players that has me blocked on Twitter. I have no idea why. I don't know why. I don't, know, I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did to see Pat, but uh, damn. I'm sure okay. I probably, I'm sure I probably deserved it somewhere along the way. I'm sure I probably deserved wow. it. Wow. Back, yeah, yeah, yeah. back in my younger, Go. more controversial days. You know, I've, I've grown. <laughs> Well, look, it only takes one little thing and us being in the wrong state of mind where we're not really putting up with anything and you take us off in one way and you're blocked. Oh, I, mean, I, def- I definitely have some people blocked um, and they don't even, they don't deserve to get recognition on here. So they deserve to stay blocked there you uh, go. from some fantasy people. Um, there, but there yeah, you go. People, just the toxic. I cannot stand toxicity. You know this, Matt. Yeah. Uh, and so if you're toxic around me, block, like I have probably hundreds of just individuals, but a couple analysis type people that oh now fantasy in- content interesting now yes. that that off air i would love to pick i would love to pick through your analyst block list um, uh. but yeah no i mean look everybody's like i've i've been there before too it's like oh this is just, you said something to me about something i wrote something i said um that you took out of context whatever and it was just i'm having a bad day anyways yeah you're out of here pal sorry yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not yeah it's just it is what it is that's what that's what happens if you're a jerk there are consequences and i don't know what i did but that's reg- no one cares about that let's get back to actual Cordero Patterson's right, play. <laughs> this is a guy who you know has been one of the most electric most productive kick returners in the nfl he came into the league as a wide receiver but this guy's like doing real big boy running back type stuff now that has to be like an incredible transition. Um, you know, you're a guy that catches a lot of passes, but it's still a different. It's just a different game, man. When he trucked Drew Tranquil. Um, oh, my God. On the goal line, man. I was like, wow, this wow. guy, he's coming off an injury, too. Like, he is all the way back, back. Yeah. Talk about just uh, actually, it's funny. Going back to my special teams days uh, when we were going against that. I forgot where he was at at the time. Um, Raiders, maybe. Ours, my, maybe we played, I think it gets them on t- a couple teams. Um, but he was uh, their kick returner, and our our kick uh special team coach at the time had recruited him to the team that he was at originally, so mm. back in the day. So he had a lot of familiarity with him. He's like, This guy is an anaconda, but <laughs> like, he's an anaconda, like he's gonna strike, like he needs cut, it's fast and it's it's downhill, and it you got to get out of the way, so we got to get bodies to this guy, and he has basically been able to translate that into his run game like this guy is not easy to break down he is running downhill like make you tackle me at 6'3 235 or whatever he weighs you know one of the bigger running backs definitely one of the bigger running backs Derek Henry might only be the one bigger than him sheesh but just the authority that that guy runs with um is is like a kick returner I'm like yeah that's how even our kick return DC's running you know he's a lot smaller but like when you're a kick returner like you cannot slow down if you slow down you're going to get destroyed because there's people running full speed at you so you got to fight energy with energy if you're trying to run through stuff and he has done a really good job and I, I I think I mentioned him at the very beginning of the of the season uh, with Eckler's Edge talking about how I really liked him and his transition to being a running back and how he's ha- able to have success there. I still don't like that he's wearing 84, but, you know, you stick with your number, I guess. It just looks <laughs> gross in the backfield, man. <laughs> but, yeah, shout out to you know, Cordell, man. Just, just creating value in multiple ways. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think it's a harder transition than most fans might think because it's like, oh, he's running back. He's running just like he runs on a kick return. But like you like you said, you got to go full speed on a kick return. But with with being a running back and same thing with wide receiver too. Like you got to run with tempo. You got to run with pace. Like you got to you can't run full speed. It didn't look time. like it, man. It looked like he was running downhill <laughs> full speed. I'm going this way. If it works, great. If not, I'm still going to get four yards trucking through people. Yeah. Um, and that's what he was doing. Um, even then, yeah, he had a couple jump cuts and things in there that were like, yeah, he made the right cut. But yeah, so there is some, there is some feel. But we all have a different style, I would say. Uh, but yeah, for him, his style is downhill, force you to tackle me, and I'm still going to get yardage because he's big and he can run with low pad leverage, as we saw in the goal line with Drew. Um, look, sometimes you get got, and Drew definitely got got, and that was an amazing play. It was an amazing play by Cordell for sure. I think he's set up to have a great second half of the season because that run game has been real efficient um, even without him. And now he's back in there to add a little more pop to it. I mean, I know a lot of fantasy folks are pissed about the Falcons offense like because they don't throw the ball enough. They're not getting the ball to Drake London, who's a beast. Kyle Pitts, who's obviously really talented. But when you watch just you watch that run game like. There, Arthur Smith is doing some creative stuff there and doing a lot of good stuff as a, as a rushing team overall. And as a passing team, that'll get there uh, as they figure some more things out. So Chargers are still just one game back uh, for the Chiefs uh, on the division lead despite dealing with all the injuries. So we'll see how your guys' season continues to progress. Got a big game coming up this week we'll talk about later. But, Austin, we don't need to recap Monday Night Football. The Ravens won. Kenyon Drake was the right answer. Running back Chris Olave is a, a pro at wide receiver, despite being a rookie, talk, I talked about that rookie report earlier. My God, that guy, separation, route running, knows how to get open. Unbelievable. But I think we got to talk a little bit about something that happened yesterday. Uh, we talked about it in the pre-show meeting yesterday. The Colts fire Frank Reich. They hired Jeff Saturday, former longtime Colts center, um, who was a current ESPN analyst. Did you get a chance to catch any of the any of the press conference last night? I, I did not catch any of the press conference, but I heard... Um, that, yeah, there's some interesting things going on, to say the least. Um, yeah, you got to catch me up. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the press conference was just, it was wild. You know, Jim Irsay said, like, we were fortunate he was available. Well, I mean, of course, Jeff was available. He was working, he was working at ESPN. Yeah, he wasn't coaching. But I'm, I'm really curious to, you know, I know you don't, you're not in the locker room. You don't know how the, the exact things are going on with this specific example. But I'm just curious because I think the one thing that's kind of gotten lost in the discussion with the Jeff Saturday thing is that I'm really curious how the guys in the locker room and how the team would feel about somebody who is an outsider. Now, he's a Colts legend, right? He was just inducted into the Ring of Ring of Honor. Like He does have skins on the wall. He's won Super Bowls with this team before. But he still wasn't even on the coaching staff. Like he was a, a consultant with the team. That was made clear last night that he was a paid consultant. Nobody knows what the hell that means. But I'm curious from a player perspective, how would you feel if you were in this situation where a guy that isn't a part of the coaching staff after the head coach is fired, like becomes the head coach like this? It's, I mean, if I was in that scenario, I, I feel like I wouldn't know how to feel. Uh, I think I would have some thought. I'm just, I'm just thinking about just the how the league is typically run in the past. Uh, we have. Right. We have several coaches across the entire league, across, you know, even within our own organization um, that have been working towards trying to be in that type of role, that head coach role. Um, there's so many people that are trying to um, work their way up through connections, through you know expanding their game and have been putting in the work. So that, that's why I thought it was really interesting, that move where it's like you have this pool of coaches that are already existing. And I don't know the the relationship with obviously the organization and him which 
obviously is very, very close or they wouldn't have uh, made that move. Um, there's some type of tie there that they really, you know, were confident in maybe just the way he carries himself, the way that maybe the way he speaks, his leadership. But yeah, now they have, you know, someone was, they don't have a play caller or someone that's never called play. I don't know. Some yeah. crazy thing that I saw that's like, they don't have a play caller. There's nobody uh, on that staff who has called plays who has any history as a play caller, um, you know, because yeah. they, they fired their offensive coordinator who wasn't Marcus Brady was not calling the plays. That was head coach Frank Reich, but they fired him the week before this loss to the Patriots. And then obviously they fire Frank Reich, who was the primary play caller for this entire yeah, his entire run there. Yeah. And the thing I feel like it, it's I think it really sends a message to the rest of the coaching staff, too, of what the organization thinks of you. So clearly the organization doesn't think that you're able to run the team. Any of you guys there. Yeah, uh, that I think that's I think that's pretty clear on the wall. Like straight up, there's like, nah, you're not it. We're gonna go get this guy because we think he's much better for this, you know, the short term, right? They'll probably just be, I'm guessing, just for the rest of the season. Uh, I don't know about that, knows? man. After after watching that press conference last night, that <laughs> was what was clear to me was that they, Jim. When I say they, I totally mean Jim Irsay. I mean, obviously, Chris Ballard, the GM. That was another thing too. Apparently, they're gonna keep ballard around after we'll see right but like that's the plan right now is they want to bring him back in 2023 but it was pretty clear that jim mercy intends for this to be a permanent move otherwise like they're not they're not doing this they're not hiring this guy off tv there if this was just a let's kick this thing they got john fox they have gus bradley like guys who have been head coaches in the nfl before this is not a playing out the string thing this is like I don't know what Jeff Saturday has to do to earn the job or lose the job, but it's pretty clear to me, like, in an ideal world, Jim Irsay's ideal world, he owns the damn team, so he can do what he wants. Mm-hmm. If they want him to be the head coach of this team going forward. That was my takeaway. It looks like they're just like, hey, you know what? We're going to try a new trajectory. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's try it. You know, and everyone else is going to have to, you know, fall into place or leave yeah. um, is what it's going to look like. And for the players, man, it's just like, man, you basically, I feel like your organization is saying, all right, let's go next. Um, you know, let's just let's keep playing hard. But, you know, we just have so much disconnect here because of, you know, coaching changes in the middle of the season, which is never, never great for an organization just because that's what established the team um, in the very beginning. Now it's not there anymore. So it's like, OK, now you have new leadership. And so it's just it's a mess when it comes to I feel like keeping your team together as far as what the mission is. Now we got to meet this new guy. We've never been around him. Um, so, man. For those guys over there, bro, keep keep playing hard. Yeah, right. Because look, there, there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel, one way or another. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm really fascinated to see how Jeff Saturday pulls this thing. I mean, he has Austin. He does have experience as a as a high school uh, head coach uh, in Georgia. So there's that. Ursay said. I mean, I wish no you guys. Could, I wish you guys could see Austin's face there wow. when I said that. But uh, Ursay's couple other quotes wow. on this was. Yes, he's fully experienced enough. Yes, he's fully capable. He also just kept rolling and said, we don't build rockets to go to Mars. It's a very simple job we do here. Um, so I, I don't know that it, it's a very simple job, but that's just me. Yeah, I think that's going to be a rude awakening. Um, but we'll see. See how that plays out. Seems seems very risky and very bold. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm <gasps> all I mean, right. Jim Mercer's thoughts and like motivations and all this stuff aside, I will say for Jeff Saturday, and I, I know people have legit, like you said, feelings about that this is an unfair type of thing for a lot of different reasons. I will say though, for Jeff Saturday, it does seem like everybody loves the dude, like he's a good guy, his, his former teammates love him, obviously, the Colts love him, the people of Indianapolis love him, um, his ESPN colleagues, everybody said and has nothing but good things to say, but. I would like to think that people. You've, go ahead. 
I was gonna say, you've heard what I said about maybe you haven't about people that are good guys. You, it, typically, the NFL doesn't care if you're a good guy yeah. or not. Yeah. They don't care. What matters is winning games, right? And so, what are you trying to do? Do we want the we want to get the best guy that's leading our team that is going to help us win games, whether people like him or not? Doesn't matter. Is he going to win? Right. Obviously, you can't go too far rogue where people like you're not having like you know detrimental effect on the organization, but you're winning games. That doesn't really work. Can't the extremes, but for the most part, it doesn't matter if you're a good guy. Because I yeah. mean, I've had coaches in the past like. Like A. Lynn, for example, you know, he was a great guy, good head on his shoulders, really stuck to his business, really knew how to construct, you know, lead a team. But it wasn't, we weren't winning games. So guess yeah. what? We made a change. You know, that guy's still the reason I'm in the NFL, right? He, he was a part of giving me an opportunity. Like, I owe that guy a lot as far as just to as credit to my season and to my career. It doesn't matter. It, it does not matter. So, you know, this guy's getting an opportunity that a lot of coaches in the NFL that have been coaching in the NFL for years have been trying to build up to. This guy hasn't coached one year in the NFL. Um, sure, he's won some Super Bowls, but we'll see how that translates to actually leading an actual NFL team in a head coaching space, not necessarily in the locker room, which is yeah. a lot different too. Because the role as a head coach is really like you're taking you're taking the fault for everything. You know, good, bad, you know. Everything is put on your shoulders and you got to talk to the media and you got to do all these reports. You got to get everything ready. You got to set the, the tempo. You got to set the standard, all this stuff that um, is put on your shoulders that if you don't have experience doing or being around, especially for a while, you're going to be challenged. You're going to yeah. be challenged regardless, but even more now. Yeah, I think knowing what makes a great head coach, especially, is it's the most impossible thing to really tell like going into it because there are guys who have were great players that are not good head coaches, you know, based just on results. I mean, we talk about a good guy, like everybody says Frank Reich's a good guy and they fired him yesterday. So like, like it's a great point that that doesn't really make a difference. And there are guys who are great play callers. I think Frank Reich was a great play caller. They fired him. Like it's a, it's a kind of a, it's a hard balance to, to judge there. So I'll see I, so I, much. It's so much going into it, man. There's a lot there, but yeah. um, we'll take a quick, quick break. And when we come back, Let's talk about the top 12 fantasy running backs right now. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, big time gear switch from organizational uh chaos and intertwined stuff there to guys who are crushing it in fantasy. The top 12 running backs in uh, God's game, half PPR, uh, the Yahoo standard. One Number one, you might have heard of him, Austin Eckler, best running back hey. in fantasy football right now. The rest of the top 12, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon rocketed up from like you know, 11-13 to 4 after a 50-point game. That'll do it for you. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Number five, Christian McCaffrey. Number six, Saquon Barkley. This is where it kind of leaves the established dudes into some some new dudes who are like kind of coming up here. Number seven, Ramondre Stevenson from the New England Patriots. Mm. Number eight, Josh Jacobs. Nine, Leonard Fournette. 
interesting one. Number 10, Aaron Jones. Number 11, Damian Pierce. And 12, Miles Sanders. Pretty big surprise. Austin, I don't know if you know this, but Miles Sanders did an interview in the offseason where he, like, you know, the, the word fantasy football came up and he immediately just, like, shook his head and uh, was like, I don't know. You know, he's like, I don't know what you want me to tell you about fantasy football. Like, I don't get the ball enough. Like, don't basically he said like don't draft me in fantasy. Well, shoot, Miles, you're kind of over. You gotta get him on the show. I know we have we have to get him on the show. He's he's over one in terms of giving fantasy advice because Miles Sanders actually was one of the best draft picks he yeah. could have made this year. Yeah, man. Uh, sheesh. Um, just going down this list, man. Um, like you said, I guess like the, the first one through six are some pretty established guys. You know, like you you, you know your boy holding the top spot. You know, I'll try to do that as long as I can. Um, try to, you know, I was number two last year, so I still want to, you know, get that number one spot. You know, it's yeah, one of my, one of my side quests, I guess, along my journey of uh, trying to win, you know, a championship with the Chargers. But yeah, all these other guys. I mean, I'm expecting to see these guys um, put, pop off up here. There's some other guys that aren't on this list, but I think it's mainly because of injuries. I think uh, shoot. Brees Hall, that's is that who it was? Brees Hall. Yeah, he's uh, 15, he's still fifteenth despite obviously the season ending. Injury. Yeah, he he's a guy that would have been up there. I think um, you know um, Jonathan Taylor would have been another guy up here. Uh, but getting down, to, you said like you said, uh, Ramondre. I think this is his second year, right? Second year. Yep, this is his second year, man. He he has really come alive, man, for that squad over there. Like this is a guy that. For for me, from my perspective, I'm not really following you know the Patriots like that. Like came out of nowhere, like because it was like Damien Harris, right? Like that mm-hmm. was their their guy over there. And then it seems like Ramondre got um, got an opportunity. Was he a draft pick there last year? Yes, I think he was either a fourth or fifth round pick. So he had a couple moments yeah. where he popped last year, but obviously totally yeah. different this year. And so, man, I think this is a that's a great example of kind of the NFL and like how sometimes it takes. It takes a year or even maybe two years for a guy to really understand and get into a rhythm and build the trust of the organization of his coaches before he starts really getting real opportunities. And it might be, you know, someone got injured in front of him or like there's so many different factors that play into you really coming into the spotlight. But obviously he made enough plays to stay around and has built up the trust and now has been um, killing it for him right now. He's their number one, right? Is Damien Harris... Um, yeah, is he injured? Harris has struggled a little bit with injuries that I think has opened up the yeah. door a little for Ramondre. But I, I think, I think Ramondre is like kind of taking that job by storm. And yeah. what's really interesting with him, man, is that he's this is not something that like fantasy Twitter was all about in the offseason. Like, is Ramondre Stevenson going to take over the passing down job from James White? Right. Because James White retired. He had like an injury, yep. the whole thing. And th- over the last three weeks, there are only three running backs with uh with 20 plus catches you alvin Kamara, and ramondre stevenson like that guy is mm. and he's not built you know like you he's like a big right. big big ass yeah, guy big man. back yeah and yeah. big back let me say this like that. just on that there's not a lot of nfl running backs built like me True. i i would i would probably say i'm the smallest nfl running back that's probably starting um like just straight up you know 5'8 195 you know so there's not a lot built like me <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, you're you're an outlier, man, and we love we love to see that. Uh, but yeah, Stevenson, I think, you know, in terms of just like rest of season, like spring week seven right now, like I think he's easily a top, easily a top twelve guy rest of the way. Uh, you know, Aaron Jones, he's here. He's like he's got an injury right now. Um, I think that just opens up the door for these younger backs to kind of keep coming up. Yeah. And Stevenson, I think, like it, it's definitely running back. You know, we talk about the injury rates and all that. It can be. Like a young man's position right now, like Damian Pierce, Ramondre Stevenson. There's a lot of young dudes. guys. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. A lot of young guys coming up and uh, making a splash. 
moving down the list, we got Josh Jacobs. Shout out to that guy, man. Yeah. He said, well, he said what, Raiders? You're not going to pick up my fifth year? Now it's personal. <laughs> now look at him. Now he's blowing through all these tackles. You know, he's, you know, in the, like, like top five or something like that in rushing yards. Um, man's making an impact over there. Um, just the, the team in general. I'm, I'm just like, how? I, I don't get how their, their record is what it is. Um, yeah. I, don't, I mean, they... they <sighs> I saw a stat that's like in the entire history of the Raiders, they've blown a 17 plus lead five times in the entire history. This year, it's three, three times. Oh, you know what? My One of my best friends over there is a long snapper. And we have a group chat with me and some of my because we went to high school together and we have a group chat with some of our high school buddies. And yeah, he's just like, man, like this is like I think it's the second or yeah, third time you said that. Oh, and 17 and lost the game when they were up 17 to zero. I'm just like, like, how, how, like, like, so the, yeah, for them, I feel like, I feel like they have everything they need to be a very successful offense. They got Josh Jacobs, who's, you know, running the thing, the throwing it to Devonte Adams. He's doing his thing. And it's like, uh, I don't know. Um, I think there's a little bit of my theory. There is like, there's a little bit of lack of kind of cohesion in that. Like, you know, Adams said after the game, after they lost to the Jaguars, he's like, I don't know why we got away from doing like what we were doing in the first half, which was throwing the ball. My, mainly to him. I mean, that guy had like 30 fantasy points in the first half. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing in the second half. It was crazy. Um, if you if you have Devontae Adams on your fantasy team, we don't, we don't need to be hearing you complain about the second half. All right, you got enough in the first half. <laughs> Zip it. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that there's a, as he said, they kind of felt like they went away from what was working. So I don't know. They're, they're definitely like one of these teams that's trying to figure it out. Like their defense is definitely hit or miss. Uh, their offensive line definitely hit or miss. And I think their strengths have, just not been consistently as strong as what you'd want. Um, but yeah, Jacobs is turnovers. Had, yeah, turnovers. Jacobs has had a great year though. And you know, shout out yeah. to him, man. Like you said, 5.6 yards per carry, six rushing touchdowns, and he's been pretty good in the past game too, with 22 catches, 152 yards. Yeah. Yeah, man. Shout out to him. I'm looking for a big payday for my guy Josh after this uh after this year. Yeah, that'll be pretty exciting. Yeah, Fournette is the interesting one here that like from an efficiency standpoint, it's not been there on the ground. 3.3 yards per carry uh, for Leonard Fournette, but 42 catches. Like when you're playing with Tom Brady, you're getting those little dump offs at the running back position. Uh, that's you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna put up fantasy numbers. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, playing back with Philip Rivers, right? Where it's like, hey, if if no one's open, I'm throwing the ball to you. So like, get ready, right? And then you get opportunities, right? Especially down in the red zone where you can convert some of those into touchdowns. Uh, but yeah, so that's exactly what he's getting there. He's getting that volume because because Tom gets the ball out of his hands, right? And so it's going to benefit him. It's going to benefit the entire offense because Tom knows like, hey, I have to protect myself. If stuff's breaking down, how can I get this out? Running back's usually the easiest option. Yeah, 100% there. And then, yeah, just in terms of those other guys, like the younger dudes that we were talking about as well, obviously Damian Pierce, that guy is so good. My brother-in-law is Damian Pierce on his fantasy team because I told him to draft Damian Pierce on his fantasy team. And he's like, he texted me on Thursday and he's like, I've never seen this guy play before. He's not tuning into a lot of Houston Texans games, uh, which is understandable. Yeah. But he's like, I've never seen this guy play before. He's just on my fantasy team. He's so good. How, how, the, like, how the hell is he this good or whatever? And yeah, man, he's, he's a stud, uh, you know, number 13, yep. uh, just beyond the top 12. Kenneth Walker, who we talked about a couple episodes ago. Mm. Brees Hall, we mentioned, is 15. Travis Etienne's 20th on the season, the Jaguars running back, but he's second uh, over the last three weeks in, in just rushing yards. So he's they move on from James Robinson, and he's been electric this year. He's averaging over six yards per carry on the year. 
Yeah, man. It's exciting. It's exciting to see some young guys come in um, and, and compete for some of these spots, right? I think it keeps the league healthy, keeps the league exciting. It's like giving you new players to come in. And I think like we had this wave of quarterbacks that have come in um, over the past few years. Now I see some, yeah, some of these running backs that are starting to make a little bit more of a splash too. So um, like I said, it's just healthy for the league, keeps eyes and keeps different teams excited about their new players. Um, and it, it's the waves, man. There's waves. There's up and downs on every single team all the way across, depending on who you got, what your personnel, things like that. So good stuff. Man, Miles Sanders, we definitely have to get him on the show at some point uh, after that. Yes. Uh, don't draft me in fantasy thing. And <laughs> we got to hype him up, man. Yeah, he's, cr- he's, he's crushing it. Uh, he, he is 100 <laughs> percent crushing it. So that is a. Uh, that is pretty good to see, man. And and that's also like, hey, when you draft guys from winning teams, the Eagles are the only undefeated team in the NFL right now. You're going to get a lot of production, especially out of the running game, you know, more positive game script, stuff like that. So there's a lot of lessons to be learned for the Miles Sanders thing. Austin, you know what else is exciting? After a light, What's that? After a light week in the mailbag, we have a ton, I mean, a ton of stuff to get into hey. here. So let's dive right into it. Ask Austin at yahoosports.com. Y'all came through with some big time good questions. Not at, we, we couldn't even get to them all. We might save a few others if we have another light week, but continue to send in great questions for Austin, whether they are written, audio, video, whatever. He'll answer anything. Um, so let's dive, let's dive right into a packed week here. From Daniel. Hey, Austin, first of all, I wouldn't trade you for anything. You literally put up the projected running backs, or excuse me, you literally put up the projected numbers of an RB1 and a wide receiver one combined some weeks. Debo Samuel, obviously in reference to a few episodes ago, someone said they traded you early in the season for Debo Samuel. What a bad mm-hmm. trade for my question. That's a, that's a good way to get yourself into the mailbag, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's a good attention grabber there. There yeah. you go. Take note, everyone. Take note. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, what a bad trade. Anyways, for my question, I've been to five home games since the team moved, and I'm a diehard LA Chargers fan. But most weeks, as you know, home games feel like away games with so many transplants in this city. Other than a silent count, what do you guys do to prep, and what do you tell each other in the locker room when the home crowd majority skews uh to the other team bolt up this offense will win this city over oh man well as long as i have been a charger it has been that way um even back before you know matt probably remembers this we were playing in this stadium called stub hub at the time yeah the the coffee shop the coffee shop stadium (laughs) yes this little tiny soccer field that is switched to dignity health um after i think our second year there but when I first got there, like it was, it was like 50, 50 at best for us. And look, we're in LA and it's a crowded, it's a crowded neighborhood of entertainment, right? And it's sports runs deep through some roots, but those roots have been built off of championships years after years. I'm talking, you know, like the Lakers, you know, even the Clippers that have been around for so long that have built up Dodgers um, and baseball, same thing. Yeah, do- exactly. And so Look, we're the new kids on the block. So if we we can't expect to come in here and all of a sudden now everyone loves the Chargers. That's not that's not how sports work. That's how not how I'd want it to work. I don't want I don't want the bandwagoners to jump on right now. I want to have to earn it a little bit. Um, otherwise, you know, sports wouldn't be as fun. It wouldn't have as many passionate fans. Yeah. Um, if everyone's just like, oh, we'll go with the team that wins or is around here. Um, so that's what it is for us right now. And look, LA is a great destination spot too. And so people love to fly out and come catch a game, hang out in California. And there's just so many different types of people that are in California too. So that's why we get this like big melting pot of all these different fans of different types of people, different types of teams. Um, so for us, man, it really comes down to, you know, just depend on the crowd's energy for us. It would probably, if we're going on silent count, 
it, it doesn't matter for us. We practice it enough that, you know, we're good. We, we did that a couple times this last game. Um, in pretty much every away game, we're, we're using it, right? It's just a way for us to efficiently get up there and not have any mistakes and not, oh, did I hear Justin? Did I not? Um, so really, man, it's, and for us, like, for me, I guess I would say, like, just because there's a bunch of other fans, it doesn't discourage me because I still know there's Charger fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, sure, it's it might be an energy that maybe is negative or positive. But for me, I really see it as, look, we have fans up there. I, and I truly appreciate the Charger fans that are coming out, especially if you're rocking an Eckler 30 jersey. And I see you coming out uh, after the game. I'm definitely giving you my gloves. Like, I'm, I'm trying to give love back. Um, because I know it's tough. It's probably tough as a fan sitting up there and seeing a, a lot of different other fans. But... In the past couple of weeks, I've really felt like we've been continuing to gain uh, fans. Um, we haven't we haven't really come through in our two home games and those two home games, uh, uh, but I still was seeing the fans. I think it was more closer to 50-50. Even when we played the Jags, I think we even had more fans than the Jags. So that was, uh, that was uh, I think, a growth, a growth that we've had um, just in our fan base. So, yeah, for us, man, it, it's no big deal to us. We appreciate you guys coming out. Well, and the, the good thing is, it's like if you are, if you're part of the early stages, and then let's say even you know 10, 15 years from now, after um, I don't think you'd be playing in ten years, pal. Just to, you know, no, I won't yeah. be. I won't be. <laughs> yeah. We can confirm that. Yeah, we can go ahead and confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> um, I, I think that you know, in 10, 15 years, like the Chargers have a big diehard fan base in this city, and look, like the Rams obviously captured a lot of you know hearts and minds by winning a damn Super Bowl, uh, but they're struggling this year, so there is a little bit of an opening there as well. They have the same problem. They yeah. had the same problems. They the same yeah, problem. they won the Super Bowl. Like, so that what does that tell you? Like, it's not just an overnight, hey, even if you win the championship, now we're all fans. Like, no, you got to, you know, get into the community, make an impact in people's lives, right? You have to slowly start to build um, this momentum of, hey, the Rams are doing good, not only on the field, but in this area too. Because then that's when, it, like, people actually have, like, oh, I like the Rams because they did something at my my kid's school or they helped me build this organization that I'm yeah. involved with over here, stuff like that, that really makes an impact in people's lives. Then they become fans. Yeah, and it's it's planting seeds right now. Like I said, in 10, 15 mm-hmm. years, maybe that blooms, but you're a part of that early process and you know that's something that people will always remember. Uh, let's move on to the next question here from Lawrence. Hey, Austin and Matt. Hey, Lawrence. Shout out to you. Love the show and the weekly updates you guys are providing. My question is, what are your thoughts on the current landscape of rushing quarterbacks? It seems like there are many more quarterbacks that are running the ball nowadays, such as Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, and Justin Fields last couple weeks, man. Oh, my God. As a running back yourself, do you like that you are seeing more quarterbacks that run the ball as well, or do you prefer the traditional throwing pocket quarterbacks with all these mobile quarterbacks? Um, which do you think? <laughs> this is a different question, but with all these mobile quarterbacks, which of them do you think could actually be a good running back? <laughs> nice. Um, I would say, as an offensive player watching my defense out there, there's nothing more annoying than seeing the quarterback scramble. Everyone's covered defense pushes him out of the pocket and then he starts running and is chunking us down the field like oh yeah it's so annoying i'm just like gosh so um for my biased reasons i like to see the pocket passers because i think it, <laughs> it <laughs> i think it's easier on our defense uh but man yeah it's 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 been a change of the game um uh, and, you know, like you said, there's a few here. Obviously, there's 32 teams, so not everyone has that dynamic of a quarterback that's able to, you know, actually play the quarterback position well and is crazy athletic and can make plays like these guys. Like, the guys you listed, you know, Justin Field, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, they're not, 
they're not just like, oh, like, yeah, he can run. Like, I would say Justin Herbert can run, mm-hmm. but he's not a running quarterback, right. right? He's not doing what Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen's out there hurdling people. Justin Fields is sprinting, making people miss, like, breaking people down. Kyler Murray's like a scurry guy. He just scurries everywhere, I feel like. <laughs> um, you know, like, I don't know. That's just his stride. It just looks really short, you know? so it looks Well, like he's, he's really like, short, so, yeah, I mean. He's just kind of, like, well, I'm short, too, but I feel like I still have, like, a little bit of a longer stride. But yeah. anyway. Man, I feel like it's just so annoying, so annoying. But it's also very entertaining because, like, when you see these guys, you're like, ah, like LeBron Jackson making guys miss. Josh Allen, like I said, hurdling dudes. Jalen Hurts chunking people down the field. Like, it makes the game more exciting. Um, and especially if you're a fan of one of those teams, you're like, yeah, like, we have so many threats. Like, we could pass, we could run. And if everything breaks down, you know, another guy like that is uh, Mahomes where you oh, yeah. scurrying around, can make it happen. You know, Aaron Rodgers, too more so back in the younger days, yeah. but still able to get around and uh, make plays happen. I think that's that's what people want to see. People want to see plays being made offensively uh, for the most part. That's what that's what sells tickets. That's what makes the highlights. That's where the stats are. That's what drives the fantasy scores. That's where everyone's bought in. Like, yeah, let's see some good offense. So for the league, it's great. For my team, when we're playing, I'm very annoying. And the running back out of that, I mean, I feel like Lamar Jackson would be an easy one, but I feel like... Um, Jalen Hurts would also be a good mm. uh, good running back in there as well. Josh Allen, I feel like could be too. I don't know, like, man. Josh he, is so big he's, though. <laughs> he's he like he's like we talked about you know Cordell Patterson, like that type of a runner. We're just like coming down hills, just running and just kind of truck you. Like Josh Allen, literally is trying to truck people out there, and he plays quarterback. Or if Justin was doing that, I'd be like, bro, stop. <laughs> like don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like save your body. Let me go try to run him over. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one of the Bears players said that about Justin Fields. Like, I mean, it's great what he's doing, but like, I need him to stop taking those hits. You know, please don't, man. Because the last thing we need is like, oh, now you got, you got you know a yeah. tweaked shoulder, and now well, Josh shoot, has now an elbow. Can't. Yeah, yeah. Cause so, you know, there's definitely a risk in it, but I feel like the reward when you have the elite uh, caliber runners like them is is much worth the the risk. Yeah, the, there was a play last night on Monday Night Football with Lamar Jackson where um, you know he like kind of booted out of the pocket and the defense came. It was almost like a play action without the running back. They just bought bought Lamar booting so hard and then he just threw a touchdown over the top. Like, yeah, cr- I think he would probably make yeah. a great running back in that situation. They, yeah, Lamar Jackson would definitely be the best at that. He had another play too where there was like a power and like the pulling guard got like caught up and didn't get to the guy he was supposed to block. Lamar Jackson just ooh, yeah makes him miss, cuts up. Makes another guy miss. It's a little spin move and gets like nine yards. I'm just like, oh my god! <laughs> like, if a running back made that play, I'd be like, dang, that was a good play. That's their quarterback making these plays, man. So yeah, pay Lamar Jackson. That dude is elite um, and definitely deserves uh, a, a big contract for what he is as far as his value to that team and any team he'll be on. 100. Um, percent Last couple questions here from the mailbag uh, from David. Hi, Austin and Matt. Love the show. I listen from afar as I live overseas. Oh, shout out to you, David. I have Austin on all three of my teams and have been all in on Austin for the last three years. I have a bit of a different question, though. Often we hear about how you, Austin, not me, prepare yourself to be the best version of you, both physically and mentally. My question is, is there anything you are doing to be the best version of you spiritually? Ooh, big, big time question there. Ooh, getting deep. Getting deep. I like it. Um, Wow. Uh, For me... Spiritually, wow. I think it it all is tied in. When I say all, I think I have like this ecosystem that's like my mentality tied into me physically, which also ties into me, what I would say is spiritually. Uh, for me, I really 
try to live my life to the fullest because of how I spiritually think of the world and the opportunity that the world is. For me, I believe that I believe that what I have right now is what I know. Like what, like I have this time. This is what I know I have. Like I don't know what's to come beyond or any of that. And so for me, that drives me. That drives me to to push as hard as I can because I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is that I have this opportunity right now to try to live it up in this moment of life. Um, and so for me, I'm trying to expand into as many different adventures and as many different things that I call would consider value um, and expand in those and then help others along the way, leave a wake of motivation for others to do the same. And so for me, I would say that's really how I see my spirituality. It's like, look, I come from this earth. Um, For me, I'll die, go back into this earth. And so I have this little blimp in time and moment to really take advantage, right? And help others hopefully do the same. So that's what I would say as far as the spiritual part of myself. Yeah, man. It's all about putting out into the world uh, as much as you can in the time that you have. And I, I love that. Yeah. You know, and trying to trying to help people just do the same because it's like, man, there's so much, so much fear and uncertainty and really nothing's promised. Um, and there's so much bad and there's so much good and everything in between always happening at the same time. And so really we, we can just have to continue to keep pushing because we really, no one really has any idea of what's going on after this, no. right? You know, like all we, all we do know though, what I do know is that you have this life. Um, and so whatever your situation is, look, I'm just, I don't know. I can't really relate to everyone because I don't know what you've gone through, but what I can relate to you and what I can share with you is look, if you continue to push, continue to try to put yourself in a position where you feel like you're, you're doing something that is fulfilling for your life or that you feel like you're growing towards something, you're going to have a, a much better understanding of like, yes, I have a purpose, right? Like you're going to give yourself that purpose of like, yes, I'm building towards something, whether it's big, whether it's small, whether you're, you're growing fast or slow. Like as long as you have progress towards something in your life, it's going to give you that, like I said, feeling of like, okay, I'm doing something worth it. Um, and I think that's very important for all of us to have. Shoot, man, you said we don't even know what's going to happen after this. Even tomorrow, we don't know. In here, in this life, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Like we're, yeah, you're in a unique position. I, I find myself in a unique position in life too, and it's just you got to just live that the most that you, you yeah. can. You know, let's. We know, Matt. It could be much worse, man. Incredibly oh, yeah. worse. Yeah. Right. And so, like, that that's the thing. Like, I understand that, and and guess what? So that's why I try to leave, like I said, a wake of motivation behind me because. Man, if I can impact people, hopefully they'll be able to impact people and so on, right? We can all help try to make this place a little bit better, right? Um, but it starts with us as an individual trying to make it the best for ourselves first, right? Because if you're not in a good mental spot, if you're not taking care of what you think you should be doing and you're not feeling like you're healthy and can actually help, then it doesn't matter because you can't help anybody if you're still seeking like, okay, I don't know, you're kind of lost in your head. Um, so starts with the individual, then it, then it becomes a community, then it becomes a village, then it, it just goes out from there. Yeah. It's that seed planting, what we talked about with the Chargers fan base. You can do that for somebody's life and you have no idea, like 10, 15 years, like something you did for them might actually be a big deal. So just try to be exactly. as good, try to be as good as you can to everybody around you. Be just, you know, be, be a good And yourself. Person, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Gotta be good. Yes. Yourself. That's hard. That's hard. That could be a whole podcast right there. Self-love, but that uh, could be, that, that, could yeah, be. Yeah. that could, that's a tough one. <laughs> Last thing here from Colin Due to the podcast, 
you've become my favorite NFL player, so I'm going to need you to move to the Panthers. Can I count on you <laughs> to start making those moves so we can make that happen in the near future? No rush, just within the next couple of years. Uh, Colin, trying to get you to the Carolina Panthers. Hey, man, they just they just got rid of Christian over there. Yeah, right. What the heck? You think they you know they think they want me over there now? Well, you said next uh, couple of years, man. No rush. Oh, next, next couple, couple years. years. Okay, no. Well, hey, man, I'm going. I'm in year six right now. Um, so if there's any rush, it's definitely going to be whoever has my next contract for sure. Um, <laughs> cause I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll take it one at a time, one at a time, but Hey, I appreciate the love Colin. And this is, man, this is one of the the reasons why I love doing the podcast. Why I love connecting with fans is because look, we have a, we have a fan that's a fan of the Panthers, but he's also a fan of myself Sorry, too. And so that's why, ah, uh, that's why it's so important. And I wish guys would understand that there's true value to be had within the fantasy football community. I, I know there's toxicity. We got to look past it, man. Because look, if you're able to connect and just give someone some type of, you know, just appreciation because they're giving you love because they're on your fantasy or you scored something for them, um, or even if it's in the podcast space and you're just speaking your mind or you know sharing what you're involved with and your passions, and that's helping somebody by giving them value. Like that is. So Oh, incredibly value that people don't understand. And people don't understand when I start talking to people, I'm talking guys in the league. They don't understand because it's not it's not quick value. Like you're not you're not getting paid right now. Here's your paycheck for doing this interview. But however, it might have exponential uh, value because you connected with somebody, somebody heard it, you know, your fan base is growing and that's giving you more opportunities to do brand deals, things like there's so much, right, that that can compound, right, that compound interest of you putting efforts into the community, into giving back, into connecting, into increasing your value. That is why I love um, all of this, all of this, like things like that. So I appreciate that, Colin. Appreciate you being a Panther fan and showing your boy some support, man. Yeah, well, good luck to Colin the rest of the season. Could be a bit of a long one. But, uh, hey, it, they are, we, as we've said before, they're clearly trying to get picks. They're clearly trying to rebuild there, get big salaries off the books. Maybe in a few years they're ready to make a big push for another running back and, and you'll be on the – I don't know about that, Austin. I'm, I'm, nah, it's, it, look, if they're put, look, go for a young guy if that's yeah. what you're going for. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, sure. you're not going to – if you're looking for a big push, some type of long-term play – it's probably not going to be me. I'm probably trying to go to a place that's already established anyway. So I'm probably not, I'm not trying to go build with the team. You know, when you get later in your career, it's kind of like the NBA. You see these guys, like, oh, yeah. you're not going to see these older guys going to teams that are trying to build unless they're bringing all these buddy, their buddies with them, right? So I'm getting to that point in my life where it's like, I need to make sure I'm on an established team or a team that has potential to, to make a run, you know? Well, you're doing well where you're at right now, man. So uh, things are... We just keep pushing the rest of the season. You guys got a big game coming up against the 49ers on Sunday Night Football. That'll be a fun one to watch. Great defense there in San Francisco. A lot of interesting guys uh, on the offense as well. This will be really the first time we've seen fully integrated CMC. Debo, healthy, I, I think, I assume, coming off the bye. George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. A lot of studs over there, man. Should be a fun game to watch. But that is going to do it for us, man. Hell of a show today. We covered. I yeah. feel like we covered a ton in this episode. <laughs> we did. We were all over the place. Spirituality, you know, organizations, individual players, matchups. Like, oh, that was jam packed for sure. Yeah, somebody tried to recruit Austin to Panthers. That was uh, yeah. with mixed yeah. resu- with mixed results. I like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, well, Austin, we appreciate you, man. Good luck this week. Uh, it's going to be a fun game. I'll be watching from the East Coast, actually, so I'll be uh, experiencing the in, the pain of Sunday Night Football on the East Coast uh, for an old man like myself. But that's going to do it for us. You can follow Austin on Twitter or Instagram at Austin Eckler. You can follow me at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And while you're there, for God's sakes, make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy. I will be back tomorrow with Dalton Del Don for a packed, electric, stat nerd Thursday. Until then, we're out.